RugbyRenegade.com, the number one online strength and conditioning program for rugby. Are you ready to get bigger, stronger, fitter, and faster and dominate your opposition? Welcome to the Rugby Renegade Podcast, where we build machines. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Rugby Renegade Podcast. My name is Jamie Bain and today I interview James Brown, who's owner of DNA Activate, uh, a new company working on uh, DNA profiling for sports professionals um, and specialising in rugby. Uh, uh, James recently spoke at the Rugby Innovation Summit in Twickenham and uh, he's a former rugby player himself and, and has worked a lot with rugby. And uh, we talk about all things genetics, uh, rugby and training and, and how uh, a player's genetics can affect their, you know, their ability to load. And uh, it's really interesting and uh, I'm sure you get a lot out of it. So have a listen and uh, we really appreciate your feedback as well. Hi, James. Welcome to the Rugby Renegade podcast. Thanks for taking the time to come and have a chat with us. Not a problem at all. Not a problem. James, why don't we start by you um, sort of giving us a bit about your, yourself, your background and how you got into what you're doing now with DN Activate? Sure, not a problem. Okay, so basically I'm an ex-player. Um, I've played rugby since the age of five. Uh, then I turned pro at 17 and I was at Harlequins. And unfortunately that was cut short when I was 19, um, but had quite a bad leg leg injury. So I, when I actually got injured, I was a bit lost to actually know what to do. It seems you've been playing rugby all your life and everyone's told you you're going to play rugby. I didn't really have a backup plan, so I... I thought, well, since I'm spending most of my time in the gym, I might as well get qualified and um, ended up being a personal trainer and, and from there, a nutritionist, strength and conditioning coach. So for the last 15 years, there or thereabouts, I've been doing training and strength and conditioning and, and nutritional advice to various athletes in and out of rugby. I've worked in a Mercedes Formula One, um, Great Britain powerlifting squad and a, a few other teams here and there and lots of individuals. Um, and... From there, um, getting into genetics, it was, it's never anything that's really interested me by years ago anyway, but two of my cousins actually died of cystic fibrosis five years ago. So, And, and knowing everything that I thought I knew about nutrition, and uh, I, I was a bit, bit lost as to uh, not knowing how to help them. Um, and that got me into genetics, obviously, because they said cystic fibrosis is genetic, yet no one else in the family had it. So I started doing some research, and it's pretty much snowballed from there. Really, it turned into a bit of a hobby, turned into a passion, and now it's um, yeah, now it's my career with um, launching DNA Activate last week at the rugby uh, rugby summit. Oh, great! That's you know a great kind of reason to get involved in something like that, and um, it's good that you can make a living out of it. And, and what exactly are the services you provide at the moment? Okay, so. What I was looking to do, um, as as injuries such a massive problem in all, all sports, let alone rugby, um, my main aim was to look at genes because the, the, the one of the the testing facility I use, they, it's more of a holistic view. So making the athlete a lot healthier. If I can get an athlete uh, and a player to recover a lot quicker in between training and and, and playing, and help them avoid injury by knowing certain gene and genetic markers. Um, that, that was basically my na- main aim, really, is to make make it not turn people into super athletes. Or, well, we can we can we can do that, I'm sure, in the next couple of years. But just to make athletes a lot healthier, because in my opinion, a healthier athlete would be a better performing athlete. 
Yeah, definitely. So, and how how do you kind of go about that when you when you have a client? Well, why don't we talk about um, you've worked with uh, England sevens player Sam Stanley? Do you, want, do you want to talk about that a bit? Okay, so 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 what happened with Sam? We we stumbled across each other back in the early part of two thousand and fifteen, and Sam was a little bit. Uh, lost I think because he kept getting injured he was only 22 but he kept getting all these reoccurring injuries had had this surgery and that surgery and he was coming to the end of his contract with England Sevens and Saracens and I said to him look I'll quite happily do your diet for him so I looked at his diet and uh, one thing I found with most sportsmen not not just only rugby players is that most sportsmen are massive under eaters in relation to the amount of output and expenditure that they're hoping their bodies will actually perform for them so i adjusted his diet just on the interim period waiting for his dna results to come back and then once i got his results back there are a few few things that jumped off the page at me um, and i'll just briefly go over them quickly there's um firstly i looked at his inflammation markers so basically your body can produce is inflammation is one or two ways it's either pro-inflammatory which is actually going to cause a lot of illness and injury or anti-inflammatory and these are these are secreted in two different ways so your, your anti-inflammatory is secreted skeletal from skeletal muscle when you've if you go for a nice walk or a gentle swim but as soon as you push your intensity levels up as to when you're playing or training it actually turns into a, a pro-inflammatory which can lead to a lot of um, de degeneration of tissue, lack of circulation, and eventually illness and injury. Um, so his markers weren't actually that bad, but just around training, um, you're going to have a lot of players that, if their inflammation markers are, are slightly quicker, um, they're pro-inflammatory pro markers, should I say, and they consume carbohydrates pre and post-match, so uh, sports drinks, for instance, or sweets, as a lot of players se seem to do. It's It's... The equivalent of pouring petrol on the fire of inflammation so as much as you think that you're helping your body because you're um, restoring glycogen and, and, and sugar into the muscles you're actually hindering yourself massively um, and there's one gene um, or SNP as it's known that I, I touched on when I was speaking at the summit last week which is called IL-6 which is actually named after Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's called the Arnold Molecule. Okay. Uh, and he, I know, he's, he's that famous. He's got genes named after him now. So <laughs> he, the, the, the benefit or the, uh, the, the negative of this gene is that luckily Arnold had his um, expressing quite slowly, so it was more anti-inflammatory. So he could get away with training for three or four hours a day, five to six hours, five to six days per week. But the main thing, and this is the, this is the critical thing with this gene, is that his gut and, and digestive inflammation was reduced massively. So he could absorb pretty much everything that he digested. So that was that. That's obviously a massive benefit if you're after you finish playing and you can absorb most of the nutrients in that meal to help re aid recovery. Then obviously the chances of you getting injured are dramatically reduced. And I've actually got a really bad copy of IL six, and it only took me about ten years to figure this out, uh, and and hence lots of injuries as well training. Um, but with 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 the IL six variant being expressed strongly as mine is, there's actually a three hundred percent increased chance of getting injured when you're playing or training um so that was one area we looked at with sam briefly a second point is uh we've got two detoxification pathways to clear all the rubbish out of our system um phase one and phase two um his his phases weren't in sync as most people's aren't but uh, what we can actually do is the genes associated with these pathways we can either speed them up 
or slow them down. And that's that's what I basically do. I'm a, a nutrigenomics practitioner, which means I can alter your DNA's expression through the food and your training adaptations. So we, we sync them so they were slightly better. And this is a critical point for any Polynesian guys lis- listening or, or any African of African heritage playing in the Northern Hemisphere. His vitamin D receptor sites. So vitamin D is crucial to our health uh, it's 50 percent of the world's population is actually deficient in vitamin d and it controls 10 percent of our whole of all our genomes so about 2,000 genes um so if you're deficient in this the chances of you getting muscle tears and sprains are, are increased dramatically you know, fatigue goes up um so there's quite it's quite an important thing to, to get hold of so sam's uh, receptor sites if you're, if you're polynesian the darker your skin is the equivalent of wearing more sunblock and we we don't really get much sun in this country as it is anyway and our <laughs> and our and our playing season is over the coldest darkest months of the year as well so it happens to be where most injuries occur towards the end of november november and and february um one reason for this is that vitamin d has actually got a half-life of 10 weeks so whatever your son was hitting your son, say the back end of September, is completely out of your system by November. So this is hence why a lot of injuries occur. And it's it's not so much, it's not so simple as just getting a, a vitamin D supplement and taking some vitamin D. Um, you've actually got to look at the pathways associated with it. So you need calcium citrate, um, vitamin K. Um, so the, the, the and, and there's another supplement called sulforaphane, which actually helps upregulate your vitamin D receptors. So there's a whole host and of, of ways to, to actually increase this because that's a, a massive thing that not just only uh, Polynesians and African players, everyone needs to sort this out really, especially during the winter months when we, we normally play. So after this, uh, cut a long story short, um, Sam's had his, his diet now and this is the first year in six professional playing seasons that Sam hasn't been injured. Yeah. Crikey, that's that's great results. Yeah, I thought so. It's brilliant. So I'm I'm really pleased for him. So obviously, us at Rugby Renegade, we're all, we're all about the training. Well, mostly about the training. Yeah. So how how would you use someone's sort of DNA profile to to affect their training? Okay, so but coming back onto the infl- inflammatory markers. <clears throat> If, if you've got, um, if your pro-inflammation inflammatory markers are, are slightly raised or the expression is quite fairly quick, then if you're training, as a lot of professional rugby players are, they're doing two two sessions a day, maybe their weights in the morning and, and, and squad drills or, or back in the afternoon for some other drills. If, you're, if your inflammatory markers are raised and you're training more often and you're not getting the adequate amount of rest and recovery, then it's not a matter of if you get injured, but when you get injured. And not everyone in the squad or not everyone listening to this will have raised markers but about 50 percent of them will so it's just knowing um to get well I, I said to sam if in between sessions if you can get a, a bit of a kip so 45 minutes to an hour just to help to reduce the inflammation a little bit because as soon as you release growth hormone when you're asleep your inflammation markers come down dramatically um and knowing you can adapt your training so for myself when i when i'm, when I'm doing any sort of weight training now knowing after 10 years of trial and error if i go much over an hour hour and 15 and i start hitting my adrenal glands and my central nervous system then it's actually counterproductive for me so any weight sessions or drills that i need to be doing i need to keep them very short um in in duration um and that actually works a lot better for me so any weight sessions or any strength and conditioning sessions that you need to do needs to be very focused uh, and limited on time if you've got this if, if you've got this inflammation marker though yeah so 
I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate a bit here. Yeah. Now, obviously, working with rugby players, you know, we know we need them to be strong, explosive, yeah. um, and be able to repeat that. Sure. And now, say you you got a uh, a genetic profile where you're slow twitch. Yeah. Um, like I've heard things in the past where people have said, "Oh, you know, I I tested a an athlete who was slow twitch. So I, yeah. I told them to, you know, try a different sport, so to speak. I think sure. it, it was a, can, a canoeer who was training to be a sprint canoeist, and he okay. he came out as really slow twitch. So his, his okay. coach said, "We'll go into the longer distance ones." Now with rugby, yeah. Yeah. obviously it's not that cut and dry. It's not sure. you know, um, like. I'm still going to try and train them to get more explosive. Of course, yeah, yeah. So how how do we use the the sort of genetic testing to to change the training differently, other than you know, trying to change sport? Okay. Um, well, your, your your muscle fibers you can't really once you've got you've got them you've got them. I mean, you can change a slow twitch to a a slightly faster slow twitch, but obviously you can never make it switch over to a completely fast twitch. So it's knowing what you've got and trying to work with it the best you can really um the, the other the other angle that I, I come at it from is the um there's genes that we test for for bus, blood vessel um health uh, and elasticity um and there's a gene panel i'm actually testing for at the moment and it's, it's still under trial that actually when you change the adaptations or you optimize these genes you can increase your sprint by a meter um, which is obviously massive in on the in the on the sports world. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a tricky one really. Because if you come back and you've got a majority of slow twitch fibers, then you're obviously you're going to know this from a young age. Really, you're you're never you're never going to turn. There's an old saying: you're never going to turn a slow twitch slow slow kid into a fast kid. Um, so it's yeah, you're it's it's a bit of a tricky one because you can't. I, I think you kind of touched it in the in your previous answer where where it's more about. I guess the what volume they can, um, they can, you know, they can. Sorry, getting a bit mixed up here. What uh, volume they can tolerate before they're yeah, at yeah. risk of injury, or, or they they're going to struggle to adapt to and recover from. Of course, uh, and yeah, yeah. Is there any genetic um, things on on like frequency of training or anything? You know, of what people can tolerate. Is there any sort of indicator of that? It will come back. I mean, the gene panels that I test for, again, like I've mentioned inflammation already. The main one with that is, coming back to inflammation again, it just gives you an idea of how often you can beast the athlete before it starts becoming detrimental. Because obviously, well, with slow twitch muscle fibers, they they can uh, withstand a a bit more duration. Whereas, and I'll I'll just briefly go off, not on a tangent, a little bit. I I, I spoke about... um, basically West African, West Coast African athletes and why they're so much faster than everyone else on the planet. Um, and they've, they've, they've well, sort of undercovered this. is to do with the malaria trait and malaria sickle cell. There's the sickle cell uh, sickles when you get bitten by a mosquito to protect the host. But the adaptations of this is basically the from thousands and thousands of years, um, there's less been less hemoglobin in the blood, so less oxygen. So the slow twitch fibers have switched over to fast and super fast twitch. Hence, why West Africans and Jamaicans of West African heritage seem to be faster than everyone else. And the byproduct of this is that when you've got super super fast twitch and fast twitch fibers, you can train like a beast. But the problem is, is the frequency of it. So Usain Bolt, when he was 15, was winning absolutely everything, as we all know. So they thought. Do you know what? If we train him more, then he's going to be even better. But it actually went the opposite way. They trained him more, and he was continuously injured for the next five years, 
So he's he's gone back to doing his usual balancing cones on his head and eating chicken nuggets, and now he can win everything. <laughs> so it's just knowing you're trying. I mean, basically with the genetic testing, it just gives strength and conditioning coaches like yourself and nutritionists that next level of information. Um, and a few things that, that, that are missing um, just to help the player, as I said before, to avoid getting injured. Because that's my main aim with this, is just to, to avoid injury for, for clubs and players. Yeah, and it also sounds like when you were talking about the importance of recovery, it might highlight to you those players who, who you really need to push that recovery aspect. It's exactly. not just overtraining, it's under-recovering. So you can, you, you know, you can isolate those players and make sure you're getting on top of them, make sure they're getting their extra recovery and things like that. Yeah. Because I mean, a lot of most players that I've spoke to, regardless, not just rugby, they just they don't seem to think. Well, they don't understand how important sleep actually is, um, and getting not not just a good night's sleep, but if you're if you're meant to be an athlete and you're performing at the highest level, then obviously you need to have a little bit of a rest during the day. You can't just expect to get full recuperation from just eight, six to eight hours at night. But it's just, I think people are just touching on it now, how important the recovery is. And coming from it, because I, I went into bodybuilding and powerlifting in quite quite a big way after after playing rugby. And obviously a bodybuild, if you can get past the little tiny budgie smugglers and the, and the baby oil and stuff. <laughs> uh, and, but they, bodybuilders, the one thing that they can they really know is their bodies and their food and their, and their, and their rest and recovery. So if you could pick up those that sort of those principles and drop them into the, the mindset of a rugby player then you, you're going to get a super athlete because they'll their training is going to be on point rugby players in my experience mentality and professionalism is on point so then they're just the main thing that's still not being looked at in as much depth as i'd like is their nutrition and their recovery because they seem to think okay if i have a couple of chicken breasts a little bit a bit of rice a little bit of broccoli that'll do me a little bit of water uh, maybe a multi-mineral some creatine maybe a whey protein shake here and there but they they need to look at it a little bit more depth than that because it's obviously a little bit more um detailed than that yeah definitely um so i mean we're touching on nutrition now how how much do you um obviously you said with sam you, you gave him a, a nutritional program which was yeah. in sync with his training Can you talk a little bit about that yeah sure i mean the main the main thing that i found with sam is he wasn't eating enough um even though sam is in a massive guy he's about 85 85 87 kilos but still when you're a rugby player and you're and you're performing twice a day maybe with training and then at the weekend you've got to really think about increasing not just the quantity of your food but the quality of your food and and, and the main thing also is is getting because this is really underlooked by a lot of uh, well, most players is getting the right amount of micronutrients in so your vitamins your minerals and your essential fatty acids because the food, unfortunately, these days, there isn't, there isn't really a lot of goodness in it. We've, we've farmed the hell out of all the soil, um, so there's virtually no mineral content in any of our veggies anymore. Vitamins are slightly different because, obviously, plants can manufacture vitamins themselves by photosynthesis, and essential fatty acids are the same. But the min it's the minerals that are really overlooked by a lot of players. And that's their own... I mean, I touched on this in my talk last week as well. There's only three, there's only three reasons... Well. There's two reasons a player gets injured, internal or external. The external, we can't really help it clash of players, tackles and so on and so forth. But the internal injury is completely within our control. And this only happens for one of three reasons, or more than one of three reasons. So it's either dehydration, malnutrition, or inflammation. And not what you normally find, and I've always asked about Manu Tuolangi as well, I've got a funny feeling that Manu, well, I've, from what I know of him, is a massive under-eater for his size. I mean, the guy's built like a, a Chevy, so he should be eating 
the well the amount of food that his his muscle mass dictates um and hearing that he just has a cup of coffee before training in the morning for breakfast it's not really not really enough for him really i mean yeah. i'm not i'm not by any means having saying having a steak and eggs and a big meal and stuff first thing in the morning but he needs to be looking to get his his his, his micronutrients in because it's massively important when we sweat we sweat out probably a hundred nutrients every time we sweat not just a few electrolytes and a bit of water so if these aren't replaced, then week after week, month after month, you've got your, your nutritional tank will gradually deplete. And then it eventually, bang, you've torn something. So I got Sam to take a, use a, a company called Simply Naturals because they do a little epifescent tablet. They do two products, one called Fizzy Vitamins and the other one's called Sizzling Minerals. And, and together they've got about 90 nutrients in so you, you'll get all of your micronutrients in for the day, knowing that you've popped them in your water and you've drunk them. So you've got them. So whatever you're getting from your food is value added. Yeah. So that's a really important thing. If I can say to, to anyone listening to this, is just make sure you get a really good quality multivitamin, multimineral, um, because it's really important for you. Yeah, definitely. I think, to be fair, like, like you said, rugby players now are pretty professional they you know they'll get the macronutrients right they'll get their carbohydrate in they'll get their protein in um but it's you know it's those little things like the micronutrients which which make a massive difference yeah that's a really good point yeah um so obviously genetic testing is it's very early days as a yeah it is a science um where do you see things sort of going from here um well coming off coming off rugby to a minute just to the general population the british government next year have come to the end of their genome project where they've um they're testing a hundred thousand people just to collaborate some data for for the medical community for, for for various mainly for the drugs industry so they can patent drugs to different to different illnesses but coming off that for a second back onto sport it's it's so important for a player to know his or her own genome because if you if you if you think about it we've got a we've got a user's guide to everything in our house so our our tv our car our phone but we haven't got a user's guide to ourselves um so knowing your own dna and what speed your genes are working in will either have a positive or negative impact on your health and if you if you can see if certain genes are having a negative impact then you can slow them down with your adaptations to your lifestyle and your food so i think the way this is going for what i can foresee it going anyway um for 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 sportsmen everyone will get a test um you can have a test at whatever age i've actually tested my nephew because he's a bit of a boy i don't think he's human i keep telling him i think he's from a a different planet because he's like (laughs) some super child every sport that he's ever done he's excelled in he was he was in south africa he was at the ernie l's um golf academy at like two then they moved to texas and he was in the baseball team and like the best ball best uh, baseball player within six weeks of him playing then mm-hmm. he's oh come over here and he's nearly broken the indoor the the, the swimming record for uh, breast growth for a 10 year old so he's not quite i don't think he's human so I, I've, <laughs> I've done his test for him and he is human luckily but um i think everyone i can see in the next 10 15 years as soon as you're born you'll have a dna test and their mum and dad will have little baby little baby johnny's um dna guide for the rest of his life so they'll know what foods to give him and what foods to avoid yeah. um so i think that that's the probably the way that it will probably go i would have thought that's yeah. why i can envisage anyway oh, that's interesting because uh, wasn't it uh did gabby logan have her kids tested recently i remember I th- seeing yeah, that in, a, in, I, in the press yeah, I, I think yeah there, there's a <clears throat> there's another company um 
DNA fits, I think they're, na- they're, they're called. Um, the, the, the difference between, I mean, obviously I don't want to say anything um, that's going to slander us on, on here because it's going to be in trouble. But <laughs> it, when, when, all, all DNA tests aren't created equal. So you've got to look at what they're actually testing for and the information they actually give you. Yeah. Um, so the difference between myself and them, um, how can I put this in, in, in terms? A Ferrari and a Fiat are both cars. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and one question we ask all our guests is, yep. um, what do you think the biggest mistake is rugby players make when it comes to S and C? Strength and conditioning. Um, let me see. The biggest the biggest mistake they probably make is probably it's that macho gene. It's trying to lift too much, probably, uh, and not uh, uh, most people that I've trained in my life. They, it's it's all a show, especially if they've got the other guys in front of them. Who can push more? Um, so I'd say, yeah, don't try and pick up a house. Just try and feel <laughs> it and use the, the the muscles you're meant to be using in the movement. Because obviously, it's you're you're not a bodybuilder or a powerlifter. You're a professional rugby player. So if it's going to add to your 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 game, then great. You don't need to be walking around like Arnold Schwarzenegger because there's this it's not functional and you'll just get injured. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not it's not just about numbers, is it? It's about improving no, performance. All. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. So lastly, James, where can where can people learn more about what you're doing and, and possibly work with you? Okay. So uh, if you, you can you can pop onto my website, which is dnaactivate.co.uk. Um, I'm, I'm going to be in a few magazines over the next couple of months, hopefully. Um, but otherwise, people can contact me there. I've got a page on LinkedIn that people can contact me through as well. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's exciting times ahead. Actually, I've got quite a, quite a lot of interest from various clubs, and not just in not just in rugby. There's a few um, NBA basketball teams that. I'm going to be having a chat with it as well. So it's quite, it's quite a, I hope it's going to be quite an enjoyable next couple of months. Well, and, and year, hopefully after the last uh, eight, six to eight months of uh, strife and trying to get everything organized and it, we're finally there, hopefully. That's great. Well, um, I'm sure you'll do well and, uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll hear from you in the future, but thanks for taking the time to have a chat with us and, and tell us all about the work you're doing with genetics. Lovely. Thanks very much, Jeremy. Thank Cheers, you. Cheers, James. Thanks, Blake. So there you go, a bit different uh, to our usual podcasts, um, but I think it's uh, a really interesting subject, genetics, and uh, it's interesting to see the, the work that James has been doing uh, with DNA Activate uh, and you know great results for Sam Stanley, and I'm sure we're going to hear more and more as, as the science gets, um, gets more and more in-depth into genetics. Uh, so, of course, there'll be a link down below for you to check out all the work James is doing at DNA Activate. Uh, highly recommend you check it out and of course keep checking out the website more articles coming more ebooks uh, check those out if, if you can't commit to the online subscription you know an ebook would it gives you just as good training um, programs um, and then just keep keep interacting with us on social media facebook twitter instagram and of course subscribe to the podcast uh make sure you subscribe you don't miss out on any of the good ones that are coming up uh itunes stitcher or soundcloud whichever one you use and uh, of course give us a good review uh, and we'll be seeing you soon thanks for listening to the rugby renegade podcast for more quality rugby strength and conditioning information check us out at rugbyrenegade.com rugby renegade building machines